one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. We're talking about being a sports performance coach. We've got Jared Parks here, and Jared has quite a list of experience. Uh, he's going to talk about all that probably in circles, but he's currently doing athletic training and recovery and strength coaching and coaching rugby. Um, and so there's a lot going on. And he actually told me that sometimes he has to unload like FedEx trucks or something like that to, to kind of fund his business as he's building it and starting it up. And so he's got a lot going on. And, um, you know, one of the things that we mentioned in the pre-conversation was this is basically the ultimate side hustle. And that's really what Jared's doing. But what he's doing is taking his knowledge and skills from athletic training and making a job for himself rather than going the traditional model. So again, as we're focused on AT-owned businesses, uh, you know, like Mike Stella said, he'd rather work 100 hours for himself than 40 hours for somebody else. So this is your opportunity to take somebody else's experience and story, ask the questions, how they did it, what they're doing, what they're thinking, what they're feeling, um, jump in with the live conversations as always, or, you know, reach out to, to Jared afterwards. So this is Sports medicinebroadcast.com slash sports performance coach. Again, sports medicinebroadcast.com slash sports performance coach. Uh, like I said, I'm joined by Jared Parks uh, and then, of course, Adam Halpern joining us again from Innovate AT. So, Adam and Jared, thanks for coming back to the show today. Thank you for having me. Yep. All right. So, Jared, uh, let's start at the beginning and your athletic trainer story. Why don't you tell me what that is? So, uh, graduated from Central Michigan. Oh, God. A number of years ago, we'll just say. I don't want to date myself. So I started as an athletic trainer in a clinical setting, um, sports medicine clinic, very busy. I did that for a couple of years. And frankly, um, clinically, I got bored with just taking people back to like activities of daily living. So then I went to work in a uh, sports performance business. My friend was an intern for an arena football team. So I went into sports performance for two years. And then I started to think like, why limit myself with just rehab or just strength and conditioning or just recovery? So over the years, I've kind of got a little bit disenfranchised and I'm a little bit of a lifelong restless soul. So I wanted to do, I just combined everything together. I, I'm more interested in optimizing someone's health than getting caught up in a bunch of titles. Now, as athletic trainers, we do a lot of that naturally. So eventually I got kind of disenfranchised with working for others. So I've been creating my own business in essence, you know. So right or wrong, I guess I gravitate more towards movement um, and manual therapy. I mean, I will use that. Um, so right now I own a uh, kind of training, personal training kind of sports performance business. I do athletic training on a side for rugby quite a bit. And uh, recently this year, I, I took up coaching rugby. Um, I love working with rugby for multiple reasons because energy system requirements are good. The collision sport aspect of it is really interesting from sports medicine. And frankly, to learn uh, the business side of it or to learn how sport coaches think in their shoes has been huge for me. Just like I had to learn how to think and live in a sports performance shoes versus like a clinical shoes versus an athletic trainer shoes. All that stuff is, is huge to uh, doing what I want to do. So that's kind of my story now. Um, and I came across, I met, I met Adam. Oh God. A number of months ago, I came across his website and uh, to see other athletic trainers, such as you guys that are interested in, um, and doing all kinds of uh, cool stuff in terms of like owning a business and stuff. This is huge for me because frankly, there's not enough of us around. So I'm super excited for this. Yeah. Jeremy, talk a little bit about that. Just the feel of the feeling of maybe isolation, the unknown, uh, you know, starting to do what you're doing by yourself and just kind of jumping off the cliff. And then finding like-minded athletic trainers that have just given you a pat on the back and said, just keep on going. Kind of talk about that, that journey. Frankly, it was very scary. I left a, a job that was relatively stable. Um, I had a job where I worked in a corporate fitness place. And that was kind of like working with, it had similar overpinnings to like athletic training, um, 
the high school clinic split. So basically one day I just got fed up and I said, I quit. And I started a business. Took out a $5,000 loan and um, took what clients I had and found a space to lease and did it. So it's been super scary. I'm not going to lie. There's been weeks where I, I'll be honest with everybody. I'll just be super honest. So this is business. I almost lost my car a couple months ago. I unload trucks when I need extra money. I cover events. Um, and frankly, um, a lot of it is I just jumped in and, and started doing stuff. I, I was, <laughs> I didn't even know what to expect, but I knew that I know what to do. I know how to take care of people and optimize their performance. So um, a lot of me is providing support for others. You know, there's not a lot of, a lot of others say I'm crazy. They say it's a bad idea, but I know I'm onto something right now because slowly I keep building and building and building and building and building. Um, and, is, there, is there anything that you, and frankly, to have you guys like right now, like there's not enough of me to go around. I don't have the administrative support. And frankly, like a website like Innovate AT makes me able to keep going on day after day after day after day because there's so many days I want to quit, you know, but I'm not going back to work for someone else and building someone else's dream. I'm done with that. Yeah, I mean, we appreciate it. Thanks for the, the support and that's why we're here. Is there anything that you not regret or wish that you would have done differently from like a planning standpoint? diving deeper into uh, a strategy to capitalize new clients, partnerships? Um, yeah, so so from a planning standpoint, I basically build relationships with various sports organizations that I had coverage for. It probably took me about six years, you know, between rugby coaches and sports teams I had. And planning, I basically – um, took the clients I had and I, and I leveraged them into more clients, you know, in terms of uh, marketing. Um, I've really just started marketing. I'm going to be super honest. Most of my marketing has been word of mouth. Um, I just recently had a website built out. Um, I, I, um, I recently bought a business coach. So basically now that I'm under control and I can support myself and I can, um, <laughs> I don't feel like I'm going to go bankrupt anymore. Um, I'm starting to fill in some of these other gaps, you know, when I can breathe. I mean, I, I looking back on business, <laughs> when it first started, I probably would have, if I would have known everything I know now, I, I probably would have spent six more months planning for my business before I pulled the trigger. But a lot of it, a lot of relationship building, um, business plan, I was happy with, but Business plans are kind of fluid. Um, probably uh, taxes, stuff like that. You know, getting all the scheduling software down. And right now, my biggest thing is I'm like I'm basically in between having an employee and being able to afford an employee. That's the hardest part of this. Is like when do you when do you expand and build upon yourself? You know, because right now I'm having to turn work down, which is good because it's supply and demand. So that's my biggest concern right now. I would go back and really um, whittle that down, get the administrative, administrative stuff down and figure out, hey, when, when do I need an employee? How do I get an employee? Because um, I'm used to working for myself, to be honest. No one ever taught me how to have an employee from taxes, from administration, from all kinds of good stuff. So we started talking about this before we went on air and yes, you can get an employee and obviously having an employee is costly because you have to have right employment taxes and work comp. And then you can have an independent contractor who can just provide service for mm -hmm. tax that you need. So right. there's, I mean, what we're building is the ultimate outsourcing model just so people have resources to, to allow them to focus on their strength. So in your case, it's probably maybe doing networking and actually treating your patients. Oh yeah. So talking about the the opportunity to utilize virtual assistants and virtual assistants are everywhere. They're all over the world. So if you really have administrative tasks that are 
you know, necessary to complete on a daily basis, having someone doing that, which allows you to go out and network and then treat more people, you'll get an ROI pretty quickly if, if you have that supply and demand situation that you're talking about. So that's one solution. Uh, you can also have a virtual assistant with someone you know. Jeremy and I were talking about his need for just follow up with all of his podcasts. And he has a, a former student athlete who went into athletic training. So she understands the industry. Mm-hmm. Might pay her a little bit of money per month to complete some of those tasks. So, I mean, the reason I say that is don't feel you need a full employee. You just need someone to complete tasks. And then it's just an hourly wage or an hourly rate. It's not even a wage. It's just an hourly rate. And you figure out what it is. You give them a couple of things to do per week. So then you understand what your budget is. And then if you're able to make more money and then you want them to do more stuff, you just kind of grow together. So you're doing the right thing by getting the the business coach. So that might be one of the conversations you have with that business coach is how do I strategize, you know, over the next two to four weeks to get someone else to help me on the admin. So then I can, I can make more money with my business. Oh yeah. We've, uh, you know, living, living my job. I've had many talks with my girlfriend and I try to keep my passion, my passion, her passion, her passion. But at some point, um, that's kind of what I did with my website, right? You have somebody help you with the website mm-hmm. and I was going to do things like, Hey, I can update and do all these things. But I've realized, like you say, I have to step back. Like I'm going to pay him to, um, update my website and fix everything because I can't do everything myself. And unfortunately as athletic trainers, I think that's a huge mistake we make is try to do everything. Yes. That gave me the drive to want to do everything and it keeps me going every day, but it's really a poor way to live your exist you know like to be honest when you have a lot of programs you you can you can use like excel and deliver programs then you realize that's just not cost effective then you have to pay for program design software so you can distribute programs but yeah like um athletic training has been awesome for me but it's also taught me some terrible business habits and frankly i have to retrain myself on a lot of that right Well, to dive deeper, I don't know if athletic training taught you any business habits, any business courses, you've learned out of necessity, and now you're having just to retrain yourself. Mm -hmm. Once again, I mean, you can be a jack of all trades, a master of none, or you'd be a master of athletic training and then work with other masters, like you said, around website design around admin duties, around social media. So there's a lot of ways that you can start to, and even having your business coach, there's a lot of ways right now that you can start to grow your business by you know, working smarter, not harder. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, sorry, a little plug in here. I just had to switch my plug. That one wasn't working as well. Um, I guess for me, I find this. I can I ask a question to you guys? Is that all right? Since I'm on the podcast, I have a I have a major question to ask. I love podcasts and and telling the story of things. Um, I would I would love like. Have you guys ever thought about like actually teaching like, hey, this is how you do a podcast. This is how you disseminate information video wise. That would be huge for me because a big hurdle I have, right, is um, finding time to make videos, finding time to make podcasts, like getting the message out, you know. And besides me actually going around and doing everything, which I can only reproduce myself to such a degree, you know. I need to find a way to interface the world and, and speak my message, you know? So this is a big part of what I'm trying to learn. So this experience right now is huge for me, you know? So let me go ahead, obviously, cause I've run in the podcast. Um, I've had people mention that before, Hey, you need to, you know, create a course and teach people how to do this or set up a fee and charge people, um, setting this up. But that's, as we've been talking, that's not my strength. That's not my expertise is teaching people how to set up, a podcast. There's people that I think that do a fantastic job. That's actually their business. Like um, Daniel J. Lewis he has the Audacity podcast. And he has courses about setting it up. Or Pat Flynn. I mean, the dude makes you know 
couple hundred thousand dollars a month and he knows about podcasting and he knows a lot more about the back end stuff. He's going to do a much better job and he does it for free because it's one of those things that drives sales for him. Um, so, so as far as setting it up or doing those things, there are people who are really good at that. And I don't feel like that's my strength. Um, and so I don't want to create something that, that isn't going to really be the best. And obviously every, everyone's situation is different. Um, and if I created one, yes, it would be me creating it with my experience and my voice and that kind of thing. But I don't, I don't feel like that's worth my time to, to invest in, in all that that would require. So I would just point you to, like I said, Pat Flynn, and he has the Bring Your Own Brand or the Amped Up Podcasting or Power to Podcasting course, those kind of things, because um, they're really, really good at doing that. And then um, we talked to somebody just recently who was it that does, um, yesterday, Adam Larson, he, he had to go watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos to learn how to do unboxing videos. Cause that's part of his product is he has to do the unboxing and show the arrival of this and doing the unboxing of the aid athletic training box. Um, and so I just don't feel like that that's my strength. So I won't be doing that. But if that's something that you really, really want to do again, I would maybe suggest like Adam did, find a virtual assistant, find even if it's at that high school that you're working at saying, Hey, can I pay you AV teacher to help me create this video? Or can I pay your students? Or can I make a donation to your program? Because I want to create this video and see what you got. Or like my friend Rob that does free hydration, one of his students has it's toxic sports, right? And so he does these really cool, like social media videos with lots of graphics and things interlaced and Photoshop type stuff. And so that's something that maybe once I get to where I want some social media management, I'll, you know, he's got some really cool videos. So then I'll go to him and, you know, he's still junior in high school, so I can help him build his business. He can help me build mine, that kind of thing. But, you know, you're already kind of working with the school. So then maybe they have something that can help you there. Yeah. I've had, uh, I've had interesting, it's funny you say that I've had various conversations with some of these startup tech companies, you know, and that's kind of their story of how they do things. You know, Hey, we find somebody to, you know, build a website to do this task. And he's like, they actually have very interesting stories where they don't even, they start their company with nothing, zero money. And they give like a very small percent of their company away. And, uh, it's quite an interesting story. So uh, I actually have a meeting with a guy scheduled like that where we're going to discuss uh, strategies like that, you know, because I find if we get caught up in our own little world, right, um, we can make – there's so many other things out there in this world. So there's so many more other fields and, and individuals we can learn from. So if I can learn from them to add on to what I do, that would be huge, you know, as opposed to getting just caught up in my little corner of the world, which is very easy when you get busy, you know. Yeah. One thing, I, I don't know if we actually covered it in the beginning. Um, you said you're the owner of MPRX. Um, did you actually cover what that business specifically is? Yeah. So I'm a uh, personal training, sports performance. Uh, I do some uh, nutrition, lifestyle, um, dietary stuff. And I also do uh, athletic training outreach. So the MPRX is... Uh, an acronym for like medical protection, med- medical protection, you know, physical restoration, physical preparation, physical performance, um, and recovery. So I'm trying to cover the full spectrum, you know, from injury to performance to recovery in athletes. And then I'm, I'm also trying to cover that in terms of uh, general population. So my long-term goals have like uh, dual credentials, eight ATs, and CSCSs or, or whatever certs they have to kind of work on the sports side of things. And then to also have them shipped out to um, various corporations, you know, and I tend to work with being an AT, I tend to have more clients that have like a, maybe a rotator cuff, you know, hip injury, something neuro stuff like that. Um, and between, in my mind, it's all the same stuff, you know, you know, when we're working for ourselves, what really separates a physical therapist from an athletic trainer besides, you know, some practice acts in terms of things we can do? Some, But at the end of the day, when you're charging cash, we're, we're really doing a lot of the same things. I want to talk about the similarities as opposed to get hung up on differences, you know. 
Yeah, when I was listening to one of the recent things from Pat Flynn, again, the Smart Passive Income, he was talking about what is your superpower? What difference, what makes you different? And so, you know, you're doing the personal training, the sports nutrition, the performance coaching, you have the athletic training, you're doing like some life coaching stuff. And so as we're sitting here talking about, you know, I have too many things on my plate. You know, you said you're not good, very good at the admin part or keeping on schedule. And I'm not very good at sending out the reminder emails about, hey, here's your podcast. Thanks for being on the podcast or, you know, the consistent social media posts and looking for help. Do you feel that all of these things work well together are an, are important to be part of your business or they're just something that you added because you have some ability and one person asked you about it? Great question. Thank you. Yes. And, and I know it kind of, it could seem a little haphazard, but, um, I have, I do, I do all these things. Um, I try to combine these things seamlessly. So like if you're working with someone to optimize their health, right? Health, they have to move better. They have to eat better. Um, they might have little nicks or, or injuries after recover from, but yes, I try, I'm trying to streamline this into one thing and I do really have to work on getting my message together in terms of optimization. Um, but it really depends on what popular relation I'm working for. So like when I work with sports, right? Like there's so many things they get in practice that I don't have to give them. I'm basically trying to give people what they are not getting in their life or their activities. But yes, I find they work together, but it does make for a bit of an issue in terms of marketing. Like how do I say what I do? So I'm to the point now, am I just going to say, Hey, I'm, uh, optimizing your health, you know, cause I, this is this thing I struggle with my business coach, but I find that right now I have a good niche and I'm gaining business like this. So it's working. It's just, now I have to refine my message. You know, when you, when you say you're gaining business, what demographic are you gaining business with? So what, what category athletic, athletic population, high school, college age. And I'm also getting, uh, I tend to grab, I tend to have a fair amount of, uh, like male executive clients. And then my, my stuff I see in a clinic in terms of small group is I tend to see more, uh, women, um, kind of young to middle-aged women in, in my small groups. And those are like the age demographics that, uh, and the, the activity demographics that I tend to, uh, gravitate towards. And then sometimes during the day, just like in any physical therapy clinic, because the day is really, your days really splits up how your business is, right? You know, maybe from 10 to two, you'll have more retired folks. And then from, you know, in afternoons and evenings, you may have more athletes. And then sometimes early in the morning and later at night, I tend to have more uh, adults, you know, before or after work. So really your day can almost be divided up on is really what divides up your business in, in essence, you know, as opposed to thinking like I just have this business, I have these time slots that certain business is more advantageous for than others. Now, as time goes on, could I, could I get rid of some of these things? Yes. But my goal is as these time goes on, as time goes on, I get an employee and they, they take over some of that stuff, correct? Or an independent mm -hmm. contractor. So in, in what you just described, there wasn't as much athletic training, like industrial or event coverage. That was more of the gym setting. Correct. Correct. So yeah. I, I would I would also farm out some of that athletic training coverage because I can't be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm working on building a branch of my company that uh, just has like event coverage as ATs, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's a big need of it in club sports, a big need of it in club sports. And in Ohio, right, we're dominated. The Cleveland Clinic is one of the biggest companies in the state. So, like, in terms of high school and all that stuff, that's locked down, you know. But in terms of club sports where the kids are more elite, you know, and they pay for services like mine, it actually potentiates what I do very well. Does that – is that difficult for you to build out both sides of the business by yourself? at the exact same time in the startup phase? Yes, it is. It is. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, I'm somewhat comfortable with that. Um, I just have to, I've learned to have to put a fence around my time. I used to just have a big open schedule and see people and do what I could. But now since I've limited times to certain activities, it's helped me immensely. Mm -hmm. 
you know, like this time to this time I do this and this time to this time I do this, period. Is that something that athletic trainers in the profession struggle with that were always available? Oh, yeah. It's one of the biggest yeah. mistakes I make as a professional. It, it mm-hmm. If you're always available, like it makes you less valuable in my mind. You know, mm-hmm. and frankly, people don't necessarily take advantage of it, but I – I tired myself out. I'm, I'm less, um, frankly, I'm, I'm too tired and I do other tasks poorly because I'm focused on other things. But yes, when, when I, as I'm learning to refine that my business is doing way better. Like when I cut out three days a week to, to work with rugby and consolidate my schedule and I forced specific populations or activities at those times, I, uh, it helped me immensely. So what, what are some advice you would give athletic trainers, maybe not even looking to start their own business, but are having the struggle of time management and they feel they're always working on other people's schedules. What's some advice you'd give them? Well, I guess if I was going to be a little smart aleck about it, I'd say something like just work for yourself. But um, I, I would say put constraints on yourself. Don't, I mean, how do we grow without constraints? Put time constraints on yourself. You know, put time, protect your time, right? Because if we don't protect our time, we might not have relationships. We might not be able to do side work. You got to protect yourself. So um, that's my biggest message I can say. Put constraints on it. Do what you have to do, you know? It's kind of like giving yourself a deadline. If you don't have a deadline to complete a task, how are you going to, you're going to be a disaster, you know? No, it's good. What are your plans other than trying to get the employee? What are some of your growth strategies for the next, I don't know, 18 to 36 months? Actually market and learn how to market, learn how to use social media more effectively. Um, I do, I have been hosting some conferences, but I got to continue um, I have to continue on that and maybe actually I would like to break into some public speaking myself if people would be so graceful to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> um, and, and to really envelop the business side of it, because frankly, you know, treating, training, coaching, all that stuff is good, but that's not going to make me a better business person at this point. I have to really embrace the business and administration side. I'm into a little bit uh about your experience that you're finding with the business coach? Um, so my business coach is, um, my business coach is helping me refine my message. Um, recently though, I, I was doing really good with the business coach and I actually stepped back for two months just because I was starting this coaching thing and I reorganized my business. So I thought it was important that I reorganize it in terms of Cause I was just going to go after use a business coach for just my coaching aspect, you know, like my personal training, my sports performance. And I was going to leave the athletic training part of it alone. Um, but I realized that's a big part of what I do and I'm not willing to do that. So now I'm readjusting my strategy. Um, and the big thing is, is we are going to have to craft a marketing message. Now there's some thoughts that I'm going to actually treat them as separate entities, you know, advertise for one and advertise for the other, you know, like separate entities under one umbrella, like global umbrella, or kind of go after it together. And my first, my first response is to go after it together, you know, like optimizing health under that umbrella, you know, and, and any kind of athletic training or corporate fitness stuff, treat that as like, Hey, we're going to, um, if you're interested in this, let's have further conversations, you know, and still kind mm-hmm. of focus on my, uh, on what I do inside, indoors, in the clinic, outside of sports, first and foremost, and then grow that organically with, uh, with not quite as much marketing. Cause that's my biggest struggle to be honest right there. I'm not going to lie. That's my biggest struggle. My biggest pain. But it sounds like you're working on it. It doesn't sound like you're ignoring it. You're trying to hit it head on. No, no. It's kind of like uh, I think of a business coach almost like a counselor, right? 
like if someone needs to go to relationship counseling or personal counseling or whatever, a lot of times some of it is just me like venting to them, you know, <laughs> and then solutions of, of how to do this. But for me, my business coach helps me organize myself, right? Creatively, I'm good. Um, in terms of like, uh, in terms of like an, an administration of an organizer stuff, they, they force me to have deadlines and they force me to stay on a plan as opposed to switching a month in as opposed to waiting 90 days or 120 days or whatever it is till that comes to tuition, you know? So I don't think we've talked wow. at all about the, um, the aspect of you hosting conferences and you also wanting to speak. So I think yeah. we can come back to that. Adam, what was your question first? Well, I was going to say, you talk about coaching. I mean, I always give the example of think how many coaches LeBron James has on a daily basis, right? He plays basketball, but he has a coach for every aspect of his life. So for our profession to think we can do it all and we have all the answers, I mean, it doesn't really make, make sense. So no, kudos to you that is working with other people to help them get where they want to go. Oh yeah. Like I, uh, I used to think I could do everything myself and I realized that was probably very naive and not very intelligent to think that, um, just on a, just, just think about it like this. How many times do we see other ideas that, that stimulate other ideas, right? That form the connection. So, um, Every time I learned something new, I just realized how silly I was to think I could do everything myself, you know? And I think the longer you own a business and you go through this entrepreneurial mindset is you realize that you can't, you can't keep living like this, doing everything yourself, you know? It's just not a viable solution and it's, it's frankly uh, too stressful after a while. So right now it's almost like forcing me into being um, more productive with how I live my life, whether I want to or not. All right, so let's go back to what I just asked. You know, we've already talked about like four or five different things that you're kind of currently doing. And Adam's talking about how he hired a virtual assistant because he's got his hands on a whole bunch of different things. Um, but you're also wanting to move towards being a speaker, being paid to speak at events, um, you know, people providing you hotel travel, that kind of thing, and compensating you for your time, um, but also hosting conferences. So address the hosting conferences or like the, you know, like the dry needling course or whatever it is, those type things. Speak to that first and then speak towards how you're working towards being asked as a speaker. So I, I started hosting conferences because frankly, my time was very limited and I love education. I'm pretty nerdy like that. I enjoy it a lot. So at first, I just did it, frankly, I'm going to be super honest, because I got it for free, right? And it cost me time to do that, but I could see more conferences, get more education, and I didn't have to travel, because Cleveland is not, like, destination central, right? People aren't coming to Cleveland like they are Florida or California or whatnot, right? Even down by you guys in Texas. So I started doing it for that, and then I realized it's a great networking opportunity, and then I thought about how much I like speaking to coaches and I've had jobs where I did some of the staff education and, it, and I'm just really passionate about it. And it made me feel like a million bucks. So if I could take that learning aspect and, and help spread it to others and networking like that is huge. You know, when I go to corporations and I do a presentation on something, it's, it's a good way for me to get new clients and frankly, it satisfies, satisfies me on many levels, you know? So, um, now I just have to actually um, push this idea forward, and I'm actually changing the place where I'm hosting, so it's it's on pause until I negotiate a deal with this place, but I'm almost done with that. So you kind of see public speaking as a way to get more clients, or you would like to move more towards public both, speaking? Both, both. I would like to professionally move towards sharing my message with others, right, and helping others. And I also see it as a as my form of advertising, right? It's it's a way for me to get out in the world, I guess, you know. And then if I could, that's kind of way I see it. It it could maybe go one way or the other. I don't know. But right now, my theory is to try it, you know. And if I fail, I fail. But I'm not living my life afraid of failure. I refuse to do that. I mean, it sounds like you got some, you know, struggles that you're overcoming. The the risks of owning a business, the the pressures of having it all on your shoulders, but you're doing 
some necessary steps to keep it moving forward and to grow and to become more uh, efficient and streamline the process. So that, I mean, that's a big hurdle because sometimes people don't know how to, to change their path or to, to ask for help. Is there anyone else or service that you are looking for right now that, I mean, even Innovate AT can help or someone listening can provide? Oh, yeah. Like, to be honest, I've, I've spoke to multiple people that I've met on the website, right? Like I've, I've had to, uh, Nora, for example, is a, the recovery room business. I'm very interested in having a recovery room kind of added on to everything. And I know people like hear that, they're like, oh my God, you're ridiculous, you're all over the place. But at the end of the day, I've spoke to her multiple times about what she does, you know, and um, very, it's been great. You know, I've had people that have reached out to me, I've been able to speak to. Um, and I know I'm not as active as I would like to be on there sometimes because to sleep but uh, um, I plan I would really like to change it in the future but that's I'd really like to I guess recovery room business is something I'd like to get into you know I don't know like um, specifically what they're called that's what I call them I don't know if that's an industry name for them but like she says there's many other types of practitioners running those business almost like an adult training room you know um, in conjunction with um, everything else you know and, and that's, um, that's kind of, I've looked into that quite a bit, you know. I mean, just to throw out some strategy, because it sounds like you're a, a networker within your community, do you know someone who might want to go into that side of the business and help get some funding to purchase all that equipment? He froze up. Huh? All right. Hey, Adam. So while we're waiting on Jared, you said you have your hands in a lot of different things. So tell me a little bit about your daily schedule because the secondary school, most of us have the same schedule. You know, we get here, we have morning treatments, we have some teach classes, we have athletics, we have after school games and practices. And so all of this stuff that I'm doing on the podcast is like during the day or, you know, I may wake up a little early or I may stay up, you know, one hour after the kids go to bed, work on that and then, you know, spend some time with my wife. So for you, what does that look like, Adam? Uh, I mean, as you're asking the question, I'm, th I'm thinking about it. And the number one thing you have to be comfortable with is inconsistency. So when you work at a secondary school setting, it's very consistent. You know when certain things happen and you can plan your day out. With what I do, you have to plan ahead. So you have to plan meetings in the future with partners or staff or resources you're working with. And every single day is different. So literally my day starts around four in the morning. I either go to the gym or I'll do work. So then when I bring my daughter to school, I go to the gym afterwards. And a lot of that is it's the ability to get that alone time, uh, you know, to focus and to clear the mind. So you have to be disciplined. So like my discipline is just, you know, exercise. A lot of us are into health and wellness because that's the field we're in. So I have to get it in. And then from there, every hour is different. And I have to consciously be aware of not to get too into the weeds on certain things. So that's why I'm trying to work with the virtual assistant and have other people kind of take responsibilities off my plate that they're really good at. So like the main strategy for someone that's in like my position where you're owning a company and you're driving it forward is how can I focus on what I'm really good at and to have other people provide a resource that they're really good at. And then things will get done much faster. They'll get done more effectively and sometimes even better. Because when I talk about, you know, why are we trying to do everything? That's because the quality of the work is, uh, is decreased. So like, if you want a full schedule of my day, like it starts at four. Um, like I said, it's either gym right away or around 7.30 when I drop my daughter off. And then there's computer time, there's phone calls, there's podcasts like this, um, there's meetings throughout the day, there's responding to emails, there's strategizing, you know, there's deep thinking about what do I need to do that uh, no one else can really tell me what to do because it's, you know, it's my baby. And then one thing that like our family is really, really focused on is having dinner as a family like every single night. So we, like my wife 
is a dentist. I've probably mentioned it on here. So she has her own business. So she's busy just as much as I am. So because I have a little bit more flexible schedule, I usually cook dinner. So I'll start cooking around five and then she'll come home and then we'll eat between 5.30 and 6.30. And then, right, you have to shift that mindset. You have to get off of business, work, professionalism, and you have to get in the family mode. So like once that five o'clock button hits, it's usually, I don't do, I try not to do anything with work. We cook dinner, we eat dinner, we give them a bath, we get them ready for bed. And then because I start early, we are usually in bed between sometimes, sometimes like 7.30 and nine. And I know that sounds crazy, but you know, if we're all in health and wellness, the physical activity is just as important as the sleep. So we go to bed early, we get up early, and it is just go, 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 go. And, you know, if we want to get honest, just like you guys are honest, um, like you always have to grow as a, as a person, you have to grow as a couple. So Alicia and I are now trying to figure out how do we balance out this craziness? Because I'm building this. She already has a very successful dental practice that she's trying to grow um, into the next level. And then we have kids. And then because we have kids, we got a puppy. So we're looking at how do we balance all of this stuff and still you know, remain sane, remain uh, positive, remain loving to you know, each other, our kids, and then ourselves. And sometimes like athletic trainers have to understand this. And this is what Brandy and I talk about all the time. It isn't always greener on the other side. Like, yes, it might sound appealing. Yes, there might be the flexibility. Yes, maybe there's the opportunity to make more money. But like you guys have both said, it is a lot of work. And you have to dig your heels in and understand you're in it for the long haul. No one is accountable but yourself. You can't expect anyone else to do it. You can create expectations for other people to be successful. But when you own it, it's all on you. So for athletic trainers to be listening to all of these podcasts from all these different opportunities that are coming out in athletic training, it doesn't matter what the opportunity is. It's about the individual. And you have to look at yourself and say, you know what? I actually like the structure of the secondary school setting. I like that I know what my day is going to be. I like where my paycheck is coming from. But what we talk about, like within Innovate AT, it's not about creating a new job. It's about being innovative within the profession. So like, Jeremy, you're doing a perfect job. You have a traditional secondary school job, and then you're innovating the profession by creating a podcast. So I say that because we don't want people to think when they talk with us, right, the Innovate AT team, that it's always about starting a business and getting away from the traditional model. We're really focused on how does not just the profession innovate, but what about the individual? How does the, innov how does the individual innovate their life, their opportunities, their current setting, and you know, like the profession as a whole? So when, we, when you ask that question, like, what does my day look? My day looks like my day. And I don't want my day to be compared to anyone else's day because we're all so different. We all have so many external factors and sometimes internal factors that if we really understand what we individually are trying to do, then we will make it happen. And that's, that's how I'm running my life. I'm like, I, if I want to make this happen, this is what I have to do. What's the biggest priority right now? I mean, I'll even show you like, this is my like list. I mean, you can see how much I scratch off and when it's not scratched off, it's because I haven't finished it yet, right? Like I have to be the tactile writing it down and seeing it and scratching it off and writing another list and taking something from the previous page and putting it on what I need to do today. But that's that might not work for someone else. Someone else might love their cell phone and just using the notepad and then they erase it. And I mean, you guys have both said it sometimes with when we are challenging the profession and we're trying to do new things, our colleagues are sometimes the worst critics because they just don't understand it and they're not comfortable with it. And instead of trying to ask supportive questions, it just goes into, well, that won't work. Why are you doing that? Sometimes it's out of jealousy. Sometimes it's just from the unknown. But I think that's why like you guys are really enjoying the Innovate AT community is because we're building that environment where 
the unknown is the excitement and the unknown is the opportunity. And that is why I started this whole thing. Like my entire career has been outside the box. Like I haven't done anything traditionally and I literally got tired of being alone. And I was like, well, let me try something. Let me see if there's other people out there. Let me get feedback. Let me see what they need. And obviously that's where we are. So I, I wanna be, um, I don't know, a supporter for people, but I really don't ever want people to look at me and say, well, I have to do what Adam's schedule is. Like That's not how it works because I have two kids. If someone doesn't have two kids, then their schedule doesn't match my schedule. It just, it's just, it's completely, um, I don't wanna say it's irrelevant, because obviously we can take pieces from it, but as we as we all look at what we want to do individually, you have to lay it all out on the table and say, what am I scared of? What am I excited for? And then that individual opportunity and success will become a reality. Yeah, I I, I would one hundred percent agree with you. I think um, I think this is an adventure. But what makes me so exciting about any, anything like this? This is unknown. Um, I would say I I've done some traditional things, but now I'm I'm trying to uh, kind of bridge the gap between many things. And frankly, um, the fact that it's new, exciting, and there's other people excited about this makes me get up in the morning. I love it because, uh, you know, being maybe a little bit more creative mindset or entrepreneur or whatever word people want to use to describe that, restless, <laughs> sometimes disorganized. Frankly, um, this, this, I'm passionate about helping people reach their goals and if there's other people that are passionate about that and there's other people that are willing to take a risk and push the envelope, that's how we change. That's how we go. That's how professions get better. And to be honest, I guess one thing we never talked about, but I just want to bring up super quickly is ethic training is a great job, a great career to start a business because uh, I'll be a little negative right now. And I, and I apologize to all athletic trainers out there, but there is professions that get paid more than us, you know, so the fact is that there's an advantage in a business standpoint like that because your bar to get to the money that you're used to living on is a little bit lower. Like let's say if I was a physician or some other career. So in a way, I thought that's an advantage to start a business. You know, and I think if our mindset, we have to have a good growth mindset about stuff. I think we are what we think sometimes. And if we get caught up in like you can't do this and I'm negative, might as well just give up now. But thank you for what you do, Adam. It's to, to realize there's other people out there like me or I'm like them, whatever you want to say, it's huge. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, thanks for being part of it. All right, we are coming towards an end here. So, Jared, we're going to ask for like a parting thought as far as, you know, athletic trainers wanting to innovate, do something different, create their own space like you're doing, uh, and then a way to contact you. So while you get that ready... And I'm going to say for everybody listening live on Facebook. So today I caught uh, Edwin Gomez, Spencer Elliott, and Scott Mullet. I, I saw all three of them on there uh, at one point. And so anybody watching on Facebook Live or YouTube, I want you to open up your podcast player on your phone and subscribe to the Sports Medicine Broadcast. So go to the sportsmedicinebroadcast.com. And on the right-hand side of the homepage, there should be a way that it says subscribe. I think there's like a green, orange, blue button. Um, and you can click on those for whichever device you have. So if you have an iPhone, you just go to the little purple uh, subscribe or podcast player, type in Sports Medicine Broadcast, subscribe there. That way you can get all the, the latest episodes because not all of them are released live. Um, some of them we do at conferences or different things like that. And then if you're on Android, you have to download, choose which podcast player, or you can use Google Play Music or whatever it is there. Um, and if you have trouble, you could always reach out on social media and ask me, and I can kind of recommend whatever whatever you want there. Um, but Jared, let's go with your kind of final words about starting a business and how to get a hold of you. Um, so interestingly enough, uh, listen to something the other day, someone said, hey, Everyone's got ideas, but we have to act on ideas. I have a ton of ideas, just like any other person on this planet. So my advice to everybody is start to act on some of your ideas. Make a loose plan. Um, make some steps towards moving towards those goals. If you never, ever take a chance or you never act on those goals, those ideas are just ideas. Um, in terms of reaching me, um, you can get me on my email. Um Jared, J-E-R-A-D-E period parks at M-P-R-X sport P-R dot com. Um, 
you can reach me reach out to me on my uh my google number for my business it's 216-245-8720 um i'm pretty open you can text me you can email me whatnot um anyone i can help out there or anyone that just wants to chat i'd love to talk and uh jeremy i appreciate you uh doing this for me this is big um the fact that anyone wants to listen to what i have to say i'm I'm grateful and I love your podcast and I love what you do. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So before we were starting the show, Jared was telling me that he's got about 10 of them that he's halfway through. He just starts listening to one and then has to cut it off for one reason or other and then just moves on to the next one because that's a little bit of the way that his brain works, but it's just, just how it works sometimes. So, so yeah, definitely, uh, I appreciate any and all the listens and then the feedback as well. So Adam, it has been uh, quite the, the pleasure and i think we'll see you one more time with the at owned business series um so i'm glad you're gonna be jo- able to join us there for that one but uh, like i said adam at innovateat.com and as i mentioned a lot of times before you know i'm at a point where there's people sponsoring the podcast and you know i mentioned frio they're going to be providing us some equipment here at the school for hydration equipment it's, it's really top-notch stuff so i love frio hydration um, Dragonfly Max, the podcast lounge. So that's a really cool opportunity for me to meet you. If you're there in Vegas, if you were there in New Orleans and I got to meet you or I'm going to get to meet you, please, please make an effort to stop by. If I'm up on the stage podcasting, then, you know, wave or um, stand around for a few minutes because usually at NATA, they're about 30 minutes a session. So, you know, if you kind of catch me right in between one of them, then, you know, I'd love to take a picture with you. So, uh, I look forward to meeting you there at the Dragonfly Podcast Mount, uh, Lounge. And then I also got Myotech and then Hoist Hydration. So definitely ways that you can support me are by supporting or checking out those companies, buying, saying, hey, I heard about you on the podcast. So uh, as we continue to grow and provide more service here on the Sports Medicine Broadcast, check those out. This is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash coach. As we were talking to Jared Parks and Adam Halpern, again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash sportsperformancecoach. That'll have links to some of the stuff we talked about, some show notes, and obviously links to the sponsors as well there. So for Jeremy, Adam, and Jared, that is a wrap. Thanks.